We've got a special guest in the house. Four-time first-team All-Pro and 2023 NFL Hall of Fame finalist Jared Allen joins us right now sitting across from me. What's up, Jared? How are you? Doing. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining us. So you are a Hall of Fame finalist. You played 13 years in the NFL. 12. Is, is that 12? 12, oh, 12, 12, yeah. 12. And you had, um, I'm looking at this, you had 136 sacks. That's a lot of sacks. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think about the ones I missed, you know? Yeah, do you? Do those keep you up at night? <laughs> they haunt me. They haunt my dreams. So you were one of those rare, um, you know, sack masters who also had like an equally awesome sack celebration. Yeah, it's the Jack in the Box, right? No, so I grew up on a, I grew up on a ranch, so I grew up uh, roping, and so oh, is that calf what it is? roping, you put, you, know, you throw the calf down, okay, you legs bad. up, and you throw your arms in the air to stop the clock. So it's not a Jack in the Box. No, not a Jack in the Box. <laughs> but you know what? It's open for interpretation, so whatever people want to call, they can call. No, it. I want to get it right. It's all good. I want to get it right. And you spent a lot of uh, time in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, six years. Yeah, six years, and so you're pretty familiar with George Payton, the general manager of the Denver Broncos I right am, now. He's, he's a good buddy of mine. Yeah, so talk a little bit about George, because he's, he's, look, I mean, the, the team hasn't been great around here, so there's been a lot of scrutiny on him. And, of course, Russell Wilson coming here and playing the way he did last year casts even more scrutiny at George Payton. But so, so we don't know the guy, and we don't know the job that he's able to do year in, year out, and then relationships he's able to, to um, maintain with players. Can you talk a little bit just about George? So, yeah, when uh, George was, you know, his role in, uh, he wasn't obviously our GM, but he, you know, he called his assistant GM or whatever his role was in, uh, in Minnesota. But he was just always, always a good dude. Um, you know, uh, my agent spoke really high, highly of him when I went there. He was one of the guys that he, you know, he was like, oh, dude, I love George. He's going to be the next great general manager. Um, George used to call me. I remember, I would forget, like, he would draft me, and he would call me and be like, hey, what do you think about this pick or this pick? So he's just, he's very, he's very thoughtful uh, of the players on, on the team, right? And, you know, he didn't have to call me and ask for my advice or, or, or what I thought, but, you know, the fact that, you know, he would, he would ask for input and then outside, outside of the office, you know, um, get to know you, say hi. Yeah, he just, he's just genuine. That's the best way to put it. So he's just genuine. I always enjoyed his, 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 uh, you know, the time I got to spend with him when I was in Minnesota, when I got to see him, whether it's at, you know, holiday parties. And then when I left, you know, even when I came back, we always made time to, to grab grab a meal or grab a bite or grab a drink or something like that. So, yeah, dinner with him here on Saturday. Um, you know, I, I got nothing but uh, he's one of my favorite people. I think he's just he's honest. He's genuine. Um, you know, certain so many times in, in, in football organizations, you know, there's a hierarchy, right? Uh, in the best organizations, there's kind of like this. Is the, you know, the top floor and the bottom floor, which the players on the bottom right. locker room. Keep them separated. There's, there's that open door, right? So on the best teams, there's there's that open door where, you know, your top players have a direct relationship with the GM, uh, with the head coach, with, with you know, your position coaches, your this. So they got to feel for the locker room. And there's this continuity amongst the executive branch and the, and the players branch, right? Uh, but I think that's what he brings. Um, and I think, you know, again, like I said, it's, you know, there's, 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 there's organizations out there where the executive branch is very stiff and it feels very formal. And you just don't feel like you're you're playing football. You feel like you're at work. Um, and I would say that's the opposite of what George Payton is. Like you said, he's authentic. He's true, uh, down to earth, um, and he wants to win. Jared, hey, uh, Chad Brown here hitting you from Arizona. Uh, obviously, Nate talked about your number of career sacks. Going into the game on Sunday, the Eagles uh, have 70 sacks on the season. Uh, second most sacks uh, for the season is the Kansas City Chiefs, two teams who can get after the quarterback. Uh, which side of the, of, of the field do you think will have the most chance of affecting those quarterbacks and which will be the defense that leads itself to a, a victory on Sunday? 
Um, I think Philly. I think you know. I think Philly has the better overall offensive line, um, and so you know. And then I think from a D line standpoint, I mean, obviously uh, Chris Jones is he's a monster in the middle, right? Um, so, but I think you know with that with the Phillies offensive line, they might be able to do more to neutralize that. Where I think the, the Eagles will have more chances on some one on one opportunities and be able to stress the uh, the Kansas City line. So we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. I think the back end is going to play the you know the biggest deal. I think if they can you know if the, if the Eagles can you know bracket Kelsey, you know keep him minimized um, and force Mahomes the other receivers, and it might give that D line up front you know an extra half step or step to. Uh, to get to him, so you know, I think I think Philly's going to have the greater chance of disrupting the quarterback, um, just based on the O line versus you know D line or the two O lines, I should say. Disrupting the quarterback was your specialty, man. Twenty two sacks in twenty eleven. Oh, what a crazy season! As you watch, you've been out of the game for seven years now. As you watch the way the NFL evolves and the way they're protecting the quarterbacks and the is it does it are you happy that you're not playing now based on the oh, way they protect gosh, the quarterbacks I, I'd be broke because I'd have to pay all my money to the NFL for fines right uh, and B I'd probably have you know 15 and a half and get credit for two um <laughs> Yeah, I mean you can't hit anybody. Are they not anymore. crediting anybody anymore the same well, way? Well, if, if it's if it's a rough in the past, they oh, take right. a sack away from right, you, right? right? So it doesn't. So mm-hmm. There's no sack. So <laughs> um, you know, heck, you could still hit him in the face when I first got in the league. Was, <laughs> was that something you would attempt to do? Like, oh, absolutely. Swing from you know, the we, face? Used to, we used to have a thing. You know, always put a body on the quarterback, no matter what, right? So um, you know, you would if when they're throwing, if you're not going to get there, try to get your helmet and hand and body in front of their hand. If they come down and smack your hand, you know, break their hand on your Whoops. helmet. Guess what? You get the backup quarterback now. <laughs> Um, so, which isn't always the best thing. You look at like what Tom Brady did, right? Right. Like, Bledsoe got knocked out. Yeah, I, bet everybody, the backup is, I, just, right? I bet everybody wishes Bledsoe would have still been playing those in that game. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's just, it's it's different. And I think you're you're looking at the evolution of athletes, too. I mean, they're getting bigger, they're getting stronger, they're getting faster. And now you're asking them to get, like, even more targeted in where and how you can hit people. I don't know. I just, to me, football, there's, there's something, the reason people love football, because there is that, it's violent, right? It's a violent yeah. sport, but it's it's a controlled violence. It's it's a graceful violence, if you will. Um, and when you start taking that away, when you start limiting the ability of athletes to do what they're what they're trained to do, you know, I'm all for player safety, but don't don't hide the fact that you just want to protect quarterbacks and score more points under the whole umbrella of player safety because there's still some blocks out there that are allowed that are vicious, you know. Um, so I, at some point, you just you regulate you regulate the game. So much that it actually impacts the play. It impacts the game. You know, you look at the the one that stands out was was the Chris Jones one. Uh, yeah, the Monday night. I think it was Monday night football. I mean, he sits the sack, strip, you know, fumble, and you know that that there. You know, all of a sudden that goes from a, a massive you know shift in, in Kansas City's advantage to 15 yard first down. And there, there's statistics out there that prove that you know anytime within a drive you get a penalty that leads to a first down, like the chances of scoring are exponentially higher, right? So, you know, now you're directly affecting the game. I mean, you're directly affecting a guy's pocketbook, right? Yep. <laughs> what if he has a, what if he has a uh, you know, some sort of incentive based on it? So, uh, and he's getting fined. Uh, so I, I just, I just think they need to really look at it. I think they, you know, my argument has always been for intent. If you are, if you run by and you club a, you know, a quarterback in the face, I mean, sure, your intent is to hurt him or if you intentionally go low, but if you're getting blocked into him, if you're coming around the edge and you fall and slip, you know, if you accidentally hit his hand trying to bat the ball down or, or something like that, I think you have to look at intent and, um, and 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 make a judgment call on that because the hard lines, like if you touch his face, you know why does he why does he get paid? Yeah, he, they're all getting paid the highest amount of money, so they should assume the most risk, in my opinion. Uh, the 
athletes looking for something to do after they retire. And there's always been guys who've gotten into uh, unusual things. I've got my whole reptile thing. But you are now in, competing in curling. Coach us up on all that, please. Yes. Uh, I took a bet from a buddy to try to make the Olympics. Uh, at the time, when when, uh, when was that bet made? Were oh, you, like 2017. No, right? but like what? Like was it how how late at night? Was it like two in the morning? Was no, you guys, like, no, no, no. Last I call. Kids, I don't stay up that late. Uh, <laughs> so last night was late enough for me. We didn't get back to the to the house after last practice until probably about 11, 30, 12. <laughs> um, and so we uh, no. So Buddy and I actually the, the bet started the long long version. I'll try to shorten it up. Was I bet a friend on the golf course after a few pops. Um, that I could, when I retired, I could make a PGA Tour for golfing, event golfing, right? I'm like, I got nothing to do. I'll just golf every day. It's great. So uh, we were playing in the top golf tournament one year, and I didn't shoot very well. And he was like, you realize you have no chance of winning this bet. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so we're, uh, I just got done watching Eddie the Eagle. And we were sitting out at the, the, uh, our patio just around the fires with some friends over. And uh, it's me, you know. Wives and financial guys, stuff like that, and we're laughing about the bet. And he's trying to convince me that I, I welched on the bet because I'm like, well, technically, I still got a couple more years, right? At this time, I had a couple more years, so I convinced him to parlay it into me making the Olympics. Is I was, you know, you watch Eddie the Eagle. I'm like, all I got to do is pick a sport that's on the books that nobody plays, <laughs> qualify, and I'm good. If so, you do this, there's going to be a movie about it. I hope oh, probably, yeah. So, anyways, I started looking at what we weren't, you know, historically good at. It was like badminton and curling, table tennis. And there's no way I'm going to get, you know, qualified table tennis. Uh, so I chose badminton at first, and then I started watching badminton videos. I was like, man, I just don't think my body can move that fast anymore. So uh, you then looked at curling, and it was like on the website. I think it was, you know, or. Google curling. It's like most people start in their forties. The winners buy the losers beer afterwards. I was like, this is perfect. This is perfect. <laughs> this is my sport. We've only had a bronze medal. I'd, I'd never even heard, you know, other than watching the Olympics, never heard of curling. So I make the decision. I go all in, start getting teammates and coaches. And then Schuster goes off and wins the gold medal. So now I look like the world's biggest jerk <laughs> thinking I'm just that arrogant that I can be better than them. But I'm already down the rabbit hole and uh, I've never wasted a bet. So, uh, I'm in it, and here we are a few years later, you know, even going through a pandemic, and we're, uh, we're, we're competing for a national title, and uh, we'll see what happens. So, you're a big dude. You're 6'6", and in your playing days, you're 270. How much do you weigh right now? I'm like 235 right 235. now. 235. So, what are the physical demands of curling, and how does that, like, how's that you know, um, go with your body and the injuries it's, you've had? It's really like balance, right? Balance, kind of flexibility from your slide to your release, and then uh, sweeping. Sweeping is physically demanding, and you're running on ice, which is so ridiculous. Like, like you have special shoes for it? So, yeah, you got, like, a grip. You got... The gripper over your slider, just I mean, for the most part, it's just rubber soles of the shoes. But yeah, grippers, I guess. Um, and so then you just, yeah, I guess. It, but yeah, sweeping is trying to trying to operate on ice and sweep hard at a high level. Your definitely body is more physical than I ever, ever anticipated. Uh, but also, it's, it's just it's more it's like chess on ice, right? So once you master the physical part of if you, if the techniques of sliding and that kind of stuff, then it's chess on ice. And I, I liken it to. You know, like short game in golf, right? You really have to have finesse um, when throwing your rocks and stuff like that, and you have to be able to control your body and your motions because you might have to, you know, sweep in to end your heart rate through the roof, and then you got to throw a touch shot. You know, so it's fun, it's challenging, it's completely outside my wheelhouse, and that's why I've uh, I like doing it. And it scratches that comp- competitive itch for you. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I have no problem, you know, 
doing nothing. I like doing nothing. <laughs> right. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm probably too competitive for the world of curling because they're all about you know good sportsmanship and in the, in the spirit of curling. You're not allowed to you know, talk trash to anybody. <laughs> not you're allowed to trash. Not supposed to break your brooms and all that kind of stuff. Have you done that? Uh, I've broken a broom or two. Learned, Over your I, knee? Uh, yeah, I wanted to break one <laughs> yesterday after we lost a tough one. Um, I've wanted to physically assault some people, which sucks because you can't. Like in football, right. you get mad, you lose yeah. a game. You know, you get to go hit somebody. <laughs> right. Curling, I gotta go be nice and shake their hands and buy yeah. them a beer or have a beer bought for me. I want to just, I don't want it. Throw it in your face. It's humbling, though. It's humbling. Very humbling. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Jared's competing currently in the curling championships at the Denver Coliseum. You got a game today, tonight. Yeah, two o'clock. When can people, uh, how can people check it out? They just purchase tickets there? And yeah, I think you can just go in. There's a lot of seats available. All right, so <laughs> 2 o'clock, Denver Coliseum. Go check out Jared Allen and the Curling Championships. Jared, thanks for joining us, brother. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, All right, man. man.